Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, February 7th. U.S. equity futures are trading down about 15 to 20 basis points across the board. So that's eight S&P points, 26 NASDAQ points, and 79 Dow points. So 15 to 20 basis points, mild pullback. The major European indices are trading about flat overall. Basic resources, so the major mining stocks are trading up about a percent. That's the top group. You're also seeing some mild outperformance in insurance and retail. And then on the downside, you have underperformance in utilities, energy, telecom, and real estate. Asia was mixed. So you had mainland China reopen today um, after the week-long Lunar New Year holiday. So mainland China stocks rallied, catching up to um, the rest of the world, which traded well last week. Japan uh, finished in the red and Hong Kong was about flat. So from the perspective of U.S. stocks today, um, you know, I really struggled over the weekend and this morning to find any headline that should cause anyone to feel differently about stocks than they did um, as of the Friday close. Very slow in terms of kind of major incremental macro headlines. Um, not a ton of economic data out this morning. You didn't really have any major central bank comments either. You did have um, one ECB official pullback, push back on the market expectation, which um, after the CPI and ECB last week, the ECB meeting um, started to price in a rate hike in July, push back on that. But there's still kind of this wide open um, second half of the year that's very uncertain. Uh, Member Lagarde last week said that the upcoming March meeting will be critical. The ECB will be outlining new economic data and providing a fresh assessment on um, their kind of tightening trajectory and their tightening schedule. Um, but as of right now, there's still obviously a lot that's unknown. Certainly, investors should be anticipating a faster tightening um, trajectory than the ECB has previously laid out. Um, and then the Fed, obviously, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty as well, too, especially after the Friday jobs report. You saw treasuries come for sale aggressively on Friday. They are relatively um, flat this morning, but yields are, are marching higher across the board, um, across around the world, rather, um, including in Europe. Tenure yields um, you know, continue to inch higher. This is a global phenomenon of nominal growth um, continuing to outperform expectations, especially on the inflation front, and that's forcing central bankers to react. So I wrote last week um, a bunch of macro pieces, but one of them just kind of looked out over the next month or two. And those March meetings from the ECB and the Fed are really going to be critical. The Fed also will be outlining, um, obviously, the Fed will be hiking for the first time in March, but they'll also be providing their latest dot plot and then presumably should have a lot more to say about the runoff process, when that will start, how fast it will be, et cetera. So those two March meetings um, are really going to be important for both of those central banks um, on the geopolitical front, you know, the market hasn't really cared a whole lot about Ukraine. I think certainly that's the Ukraine crisis has contributed to some of the strength in oil prices. This week could be decisive on that front. So you have the German chancellor meeting with Biden today at the White House. You have uh, French President Macron will be in Moscow today. He'll be in Kiev tomorrow. So a lot of kind of diplomatic maneuvering occurring in an attempt to um, diffuse the, the crisis to uh, in at least to a certain extent. Um, and then also we're kind of towards the end stages of the U.S.-Iran negotiations um, to kind of re-enter some type of a nuclear agreement. If you were to see either of those two things happen, um, you know, you any type of um, a lessening of tensions in Ukraine and then some type of a nuclear accord, that would certainly take some of the wind out of the sail of oil. Um, you know, if, if Iran has some of its restrictions lifted, that would make it easier for it to, to um, export crude. And then, like I said, I think there's a lot of anxiety about Russia being slapped with some severe sanctions that would impede its ability to sell oil internationally. 
Um, so just keep an eye on those two things with regards to oil, which is certainly feeding back into um, some of the market inflation anxieties. So that's that's kind of all tied back into the broader macro trend. Um, you're kind of past the peak stages of the Q4 earnings season. So, you know, traditionally, JP Morgan is the first major report. Disney is usually the last major report. So Disney is this week. Um, you know, you're kind of you're, most of the major calendar Q4 companies have um, reported earnings at this point. So you're going to start learning a lot less about um, how corporate America fared in the December end quarter. The focus now shifts to the January end earnings season. Specifically, I think the major retailers are going to be very important. Um, just given that you saw a couple of anecdotes, specifically out of PayPal, about some softening at the margin in, in consumer spending. So I think the Walmarts of the world, the Targets of the world, those will be really important companies to hear from, um, not just with regards to the pace of consumer spending, but also obviously the state of supply chains, um, how how effective the major retailers are in terms of passing price increases through to consumers, if you're seeing any pushback, and then just the state of, um, you know, the state of the labor market will be very important as well. You saw Amazon on their call on Thursday talk about how, um, you know, they're seeing a little bit of improved environment as far as just the ability to hire and retain workers. Um, for today's calendar specifically, other than those geopolitical events I mentioned before, you have a couple of earnings reports, Hasbro, Tyson on semi, Zimmer Biotech, um, I'm sorry, Zimmer Biomet before the open, after the close, Amgen, Chegg, Simon Property, uh, Teradata on the earnings front. In terms of scheduled macro news, the CPI on Thursday will be very important for obvious reasons. The CPI um, has superseded the jobs report as being kind of the most important economic data point at the moment right now for markets. I know the Fed prefers the PCE, but the CPI hits first every month. So that's why that takes on, I think, added importance. Um, I think in the very near term, the sentiment setup, um, you know, I think a an undershoot on the CPI would rally stocks a lot more than an overshoot would cause them to come for sale. So that suggests the risks are skewed to the upside in the very near term. But I still think that that 4,600 level for technical and valuation reasons will be a very difficult one to breach in the very near term. Um, but I also think that the lows hit a couple of weeks ago um, back on Monday, July, I'm sorry, Monday, January 24th, those lows should should hold. Um, so we're kind of now in, in this middle range, um, in the middle of that range. So they really don't, I don't think there's a lot of um, appeal on kind of either end of the, of the short, long um, debate. Um, and that is everything for today. I've been putting out a lot of macro pieces, like I said, so take a look at them. Um, I have a piece out about Peloton, all the M&A chatter around it. I think I'm a little skeptical. I don't really see why um, Nike or Amazon or Apple would really want to buy Peloton. I had a big piece out on on Meta last week on Facebook, just looking at the stock valuation. Um, like I said, I have, a, I have a longer term calendar piece. I have the Vital Catalyst Watch for this week and then the uh, Vital Talking Points. So take a look at all of those. And that is everything for today, Monday, February 7th. Thank you for listening.